The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. It's time for Mickey, JJ, Kurt, Chris, and Joe to finish up world and character creation. In this episode, we go through the Dresden Files Accelerated book step-by-step to complete our character creation and end up with ready-to-play characters. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, Hi and welcome, welcome to, to Shed from Adventures from the Shed. You can find us online at... AdventuresfromtheShed.com. Oh, wh- where else? Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. iTunes. iTunes. Any RSS feeder. Bing. Oh, Not yeah. Everyone. You get the RSS feed from Adventure from the Shed, too. Dude, I use RSS Radio, and I've got 13 or 14 podcasts, and they just update automatically. And you know what the number one podcast is in my feed? Number one. What? AS. Adventures from the Shed. Ooh, that's you can also cool stick it in your VLC us. player. You can put it in VLC as well. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. You, you, know you, yeah. you know what I love, Joe? You know what I love? I love when my RSS updates in the morning. Yeah. I have it to update once a day. And it scrolls and scrolls and scrolls and scrolls. And it was like, new Adventures from the Shed Adventure. Nice. And then I look at it. And I'm like, whoa, it's Call of Cthulhu Episode 3. Uh, <laughs> I that, was in that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, man, I got an hour of my entertainment so taken care of today. All right, now speaking of who's who, we're going to start with Mr. Who Started Us Off. Go ahead and say hi. I am Kurt. Okay, I, Kurt? I tend to be vocal. All right, who's next? Pick. This is Chris. And then? Hi, it's Mickey. And then? And then it was Jedi! Cletus! <laughs> yeah, I think he did it in Cletus accent. And right I'll there. follow it with I am Joe. I like um, to think of Cletus as, um, what was the guy in Dukes of Hazard that was the, ha- like... Cooter! 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 I think of Cletus as Cooter from <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Cletus so is The Cooter? accent that you're talking about yeah. that I just did was I was pretending to poop and talk <laughs> while I did that. All right, Cletus is always pretending <laughs> we, to poop and sometimes talk. Sometimes it's not best to look behind Cletus the always curtain. has to take yeah. it <laughs> Uh, like I, I awesome. was squeezing my sphincter tight while I, I really can, talked there. I don't want to know how the sausage quick, is quick made. Quick aside, so uh, we this is our third hour we've been playing, and JJ the entire time has been playing in a kilt. I yes, that's a true. A rock solid, almost paramilitary black kilt. Yeah. And I think we should put kilt. it up on our Adventure from the Shed Facebook page. I would call it a tactical kilt. It's called, <laughs> it's actually called a utility kilt. Yeah. And it is a utility brand kilt. name. But yeah. that's all good. But can we put it up on our Facebook page, just JJ and his kilt? Uh, you sure can, Kurt. You took the picture. But you have Facebook. From the bird's eye view, is Go that what we want? Well, we or worm's eye view. Get an worm's eye view. So you want to be the baby bird's eye view. We may or may not get an upskirt. But regardless, you should go to Adventures from the Shed Facebook page yes check us out yep. and at a minimum you're gonna see jj in a kilt yeah and, and kurt guys... will have that posted today but you won't hear about it until the day after anyway yes it'll be up there and if you guys come to dragon con you can buy your own kilts mm-hmm. ah dragon we, kilt dragon selling kilts. kilts they kill they sell kilt there all right so That's mickey tell us what there. we did in the last couple of hours so in the last few hours we further developed our characters we learned about our high concepts our troubles as well as some other, <coughs> excuse me, other aspects, and I got a frog in my throat. That's all right. That's a that that could be an aspect. That right? is. It aspect. could be a trouble. Always Uh-oh. a frog in your throat. What else did we do? That was um, pretty much it. Yeah, we, we did. Well, we talked a little bit more about the world because while we were talking about the characters, and that got us to the point where we now know each character's high concept, their mantle, their um, trouble, and another aspect. Or in JJ's case, he had a couple extras. And we have an idea of characters' names and general appearance. So that all was covered in the first two hours. But Mickey has changed um, her name four times since the well, last it's, episode. Well, it's remained Mora. But it's more or less the same as it was before. Yeah, or it's... That would be a cool last name, the same as it was before. <laughs> <laughs> same as it ever was? Same as it ever was. Right now, it's Mora the same, so... And I, Mora the Psalm. Mora the Psalm. Yeah, I, yeah I, am, I am literally infatuated with that name. That is so much cooler than Mora. Are you going to do French accent, even though you're Mora Cherokee? the same. Do you want a French accent? I, I mean, well, we had that very brief, brief French accent. Yeah. Only if you wear the maid outfit so awesome. at the but, same but time. But it didn't show up in the recording, it was unfortunately. Oh, that, then absolutely you should do yes, the French accent. That was the, that was the missing episode. That oh, was. yes. She wants me to do a little French accent. Je pense que I would be in love with the French accent. Do you want to speak like this? Kurt, it's a French accent. You can't speak French. You can't say, I think so. You have to actually just use a French accent with English I words. I think that this would Turn be fantastic. <laughs> yes, fantastic. there you go. Do you like the brute force? Do you like it a little slow? <laughs> I like it a little slow. 
with a little bit of the leather and the, Dino, this and is the dungeon good, porn. This is a good segue because we're about to talk about approaches. Yeah. Now, in the Dresden Files Accelerated game, approaches are, uh, for me at least, analogous to abilities or, or skills or um, traits or what have you from other systems. Essentially, you think in other systems, strength, dexterity, constitution, what have you. Within the Dresden Files Accelerated, approaches are flair, focus, force, guile, Taste and intellect. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about what those are, but the task for our players right now, while we uh, look up some of those definitions, is to start thinking about how you're going to assign numbers for your character. There are no random elements to character creation in the Dresden Files Accelerated game. What you have is essentially an array. You're going to be able to choose one approach at plus three, two at plus two, two at plus one, and one at zero. And that covers the six that you have. So, Joe, can I ask yeah. a stupid question? No. May I ask a question that may yes. or may not be stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and this may not be helpful. Go ahead. But I tried to map these onto D&D okay. abilities, and I couldn't do it. Because, for example, force would seem to be strength. Mm-hmm. Um, haste would seem to be dexterity. dexterity. Mm-hmm. Intellect would seem to be intelligence, but guile, wisdom, maybe? wisdom. Guile is wisdom. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let me let me steer everyone towards page one hundred. Well, maybe charisma. Maybe. Actually, Mickey's on that page. Mickey, read them. Read the the short description but to you're us right. yeah, for each one. On Kurt, page one hundred. Yeah, on page one hundred, it actually tells you your six approaches define how you can accomplish an action, and that's what they're used for. So, flair, an action that draws attention to you, replete with style and panache. So, for example, delivering an inspiring speech, embarrassing your opponent in a duel. So, I thought of this as charisma. Essentially, yes, but it is even more, to me, it's more than that. It's drawing attention. It's not just being charismatic. It's like like the performance aspect of a bard. Yeah. So like a Chris Angel mind freak, like that yes. that whole grandiose yep. maybe. Right. So I thought of this as like charisma, but I also had in guile. I had guile as you say wisdom, but I, I thought charisma slash. So it could be charisma, yeah. Mickey, yeah. skip could right to guile and read that one out. So with guile, an effort focusing on misdirection, stealth, or deceit. Right. Examples: right. talking magician. your way through getting arrested, talking your way out of getting arrested, <laughs> picking a pocket, feigning a sword fight. Right. So my point is here is there's not a one-to-one map. No. Because no, no, there isn't a map. It's more of the reason I use that analogy wasn't necessarily a one-to-one map, but these are your stats. Right. Right. But it's interesting because a lot of times in these games, we call things different things, but they're just the same thing. Yeah. And in this, this case, case, they're a little different. Agreed. Yep. All right. That's all I want So to let's say. read a couple others, Nikki. Focus. Time-consuming action in which close attention is paid to detail so the task is properly executed on the first attempt. Examples include lining up for a long-range sniper rifle shot, attentively staying, standing watch, or disarming a bank's alarm system. Now, um, who was the long-range sniper in the Adara, your character? That was Mickey. That was um, I can't remember her name. That's what Hard-hearted talking. Hannah. Hard-hearted Hannah, yes. The vamp. <laughs> uh, where was I? Force, Force, a display of brute strength rather than subtlety. Haste, a dexterous whoa, movement. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't stop. Read the examples, please, because I <laughs> love the first examples one. Examples are wrestling a troll. Wrestling a, a troll. Yeah. You can stop there. I'm good. Okay. He's good. Although staring down a werewolf is or, also a good example. Yeah. Or casting a powerful magic but spell. But wrestling a troll. He yeah. doesn't want to do that. So That's fireballing. Like fireballing the shack. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a powerful magic spell. Yeah. Although there was really no force. Well, I guess, yes, there was force. There was no focus is what I was thinking. There was no focus, yeah. but there was but definitely, there was definitely force. force. Yes. Then we had, what was I, haste, mm-hmm. a dexterous movi- movement with alacrity, such as dodging, excuse me, dodging a shot, landing the first punch, or disarming a bomb as it ticks. Three, two, one. You know, haste could have also been used as uh, disarming or, or fireballing the shack as well, because yeah. that was just a split second decision. It also decision. would have worked really well during a spy game with the gas coming in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was done with alacrity and fumbling, I believe. (laughs) Then we have intellect. Quick thinking, the solving of complex problems or accounting for numerous variables at once. For example, code breaking, outwitting a fey courtier, or counting cards in a poker game. And I like the way they distinguish between things like intellect and focus, which 
initially to me sound the same, but intellect might be something like coming up with a magic spell, but focus might be actually concentrating on that spell to pull it off. So the difference between a creation and an application. And then if the spell happens to be fireball, then you need force to make that happen too. Yeah, right. So we have to... We get to rank these, essentially. Yes. What do you think your character is best at? Flair, focus, force, guile, haste, or intelligence? Well, and so for this game, would we do this kind of as a party to make sure that we have all things covered? In this case, I would like to to think of it that way. Yes. I have actually... Remember, too... Just a moment, JJ. These are... Just as it says, this is an approach at how you accomplish an action. So just being good at focus might not be the same for the druidic character as it is for the Catholic priest vampire. That focus may be a very different focus for different reasons. So it, just because two people have focus as the top thing doesn't necessarily mean that they're both contributing in the same way. So think of it from that perspective. But from a party so perspective, from, yes. Again, going up yeah. meta, from a yep. game perspective, for you as the game master, mm-hmm. if, if we get to a situation and something has to be done, and Chris and I both have, I'm just going to make up a number, plus two in focus. Yep. Totally different characters, totally different reasons. What does that mean? Game mechanics, it's identical. But how we play it. So let, let's use that, focus. Now let's say... It's going to be a contest. You're going to roll something against something I have. I have an NPC who is deliberately trying to misdirect you. So your focus would be compared against the NPC's guile. Okay. That's what, what we would do. And then we would compare the end result. And if the, the positive shifts in your favor, you win. And if it shifts in my favor, I win. Or if it's a tie, we both win slash lose. Um, but how that, how that carries out, for example, if I've got the NPC that is trying to fool you into thinking they're starting a forest fire. Well, you're more likely to use your focus on that than the Catholic priest would. Yeah. Right? It, it's going to be situational. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And cool. that's why I say just ha- both having the same focus doesn't mean both characters have the same um, ability. You have the same number, but you, you treat it differently. So in the next 10 minutes when we're assigning our stats, should we yep. just be thinking, this is how I want to play my character, yes. I'm going to assign them, or should we be thinking as a party... We need to cover certain stats. No, it might be as your player. Like, for example, I'm the Knights of the Cross, so I'm an ass beater, right? I'm just, I got the sword. I'm going to, I probably want to put a little bit more into uh, force. And chances are he doesn't have flair based on the way he's described his character so far. There's probably no flair. Even though he might be a priest, which might be good for a priest, but he's not that kind of priest, you know? So I I actually started, and I already done mine. Um, I actually chose the Guardian. The Guardian um, build-out? Oh, you're using an example. The, that's a good point. Um, for those who wanted to see it, one of the pages has an example. Um, 94 has different approaches, builds to your character. So you pick what you want, and then they have examples of Brute, All-Star, Trickster, oh, yeah. Guardian, Thief, and Swashbuckler. Yeah. So to that point, JJ, go ahead. So I chose Guardian because I pictured my guy as <laughs> no-nonsense, really... You know, protector of you know the the the, the masses. So, and the the zero and flare works for that, and the focus actually works for a lot of my wizard stuff too. So it lo- seemed like it kind of fit exactly the the trajectory I wanted to go. So I have a three cool. in focus, two in force and intellect, one in guile and haste, and zero in flare. Cool. So um, just on a note for that page, page ninety four. They give some examples, that little post-it appearing thing on there, and it mentions Carpenter is a guardian. Well, Carpenter is Michael Carpenter, who was a Knight of the Cross right. in the book. Um, so to give you that same idea where, yep. where I was thinking Flair is irrelevant. In the books, that guy didn't give a damn about Flair. He just went in, like you said, he was an ass-beater, yeah. yep. essentially. Uh, a very committed ass-beater. Which is, I think is why he has the focus higher than the, yeah. the yep. force, yeah. You don't stray from your mission in that case. Right. Um, and, and again, think of the word that it actually is. It's an approach. Because what you're going to see is as we get into the game, you are going to be doing things that are either um, you know, conflict, uh, investigation. Um, gosh, and I can't remember what the other one they say is. Uh, but you're going to have a situation in front of you, and you decide how you're approaching it, and then you use that approach to get it done. What page were the descriptions of these things on? 100. 100? Yes. 
And that is uh, one or two sentences. Actually, I think all of them are one sentence and then examples afterwards. That's fine. Yep. And remember, you are going to be, as a starting character, you're going to be in that ladder, which um, I'll, I'll spend a moment talking about that because it was in the Dresden Files RPG, but it's in all fate systems. The ladder itself is how good you are at something or how good your result was at the thing you tried. And what that means is we have a 10-step ladder, or is it 11? It's 11 steps. It goes from negative 2 to 8. And as starting characters, you have things at level 0, plus 1, plus 2, or plus 3, which means 0 is mediocre. It means anybody that um, can do something does it at this level. As you get better... You can do this. <laughs> Essentially. Breathe, think of things like breathing, reading, writing, stuff like <laughs> that. Is, they're mediocre. Everybody can do that. And then plus one, it says average, but what that means more, more so is average at a specific thing. So you're better at driving than a mediocre driver. Uh, you maybe only pause at stop signs or something like that, right? Uh, and then it goes up to plus two, fair. Now, this is pretty good because that means you're pretty much advanced on whatever that thing is. If we talk about writing, then you, you probably can, you, you've practiced calligraphy or something like that. You're, you're very practiced at the thing. And then plus three at good um, is almost at the limit of what a regular mortal can do. So you're talking about if it's a computer uh, work, this is the level four technician. He's a subject matter expert of everything he does within IT, that type of thing. And then it goes up from there to levels that the characters don't have yet. Plus four is great. Plus five is superb. Plus six is fantastic. And seven is epic. Eight is a legendary. And eight is the very top. So you're talking godlike at that point. So here, can I ask a question? Go ahead. Go ahead. My character is the outdoorsman. Yeah. I don't envision him as a brute strength fighter. Mm-hmm. But I envision him as a highly effective like marksman. Okay. So if he had a bow or a crossbow or a rifle, I would imagine he's a stud. If he was in a hand-to-hand fist fight, I would imagine him being average. So right. where, does, where does that come in? Is, is his force high because he's good? On, Maybe his focus is high. I, 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 I would, would say, focus. It, and go back to the initial word, approach. What is the approach? If you want to be... If you want to deal excessive damage with the arrow once you've shot it, then that's going to be force. But if you want, who cares how much damage, but you want to hit him in the eye when you shoot it, that's going to be focus. Right. I, he's more like a sniper, right. stealthy ranger. So, probably so I would say focus. Right. Force, right? So that means, it, I mean, you could probably pick up a rock from the ground, take aim, and hit something right. at 100 yards. So, like, my guy, I need to be um, snipery, rangery in the woods, but also mm. charismatic when required, even though he doesn't like it in the one percenter social functions. So, so maybe focus he's probably going to be kind of flair and focus. Now, do you want flair or do you want intellect? Because oh. with intellect, you can. it's more like you're convincing people without the flair. They give an example of outwitting a fey courtier, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Outwitting any of the fey is a big deal. Well, outwitting the fey in this context would mean... Uh, Forcing it to say, because the Fae can't lie. The Fae are right. not But knowing lie. that, the intelligence, right. in this case, in t- right. intellect, some, to some know the situation right. and play it without, ca- without bringing attention to yourself. Flair is going to bring attention to yourself when you do it. Right. So my guy, the way I envision him is yeah. not being showy. Yeah. So, so he would probably be more... None of, of us are showy. None of us have... A, everyone has a zero in Flair. Got it. I think I think the the uh, that Buffy should have a little. I bit think of Buffy's flare. got some flair. No, her, her original thing was zero flair. Yeah. It's still at zero flair. Well, maybe yeah. you should up so your flare. None of us have flair. Up your flair. I'll up my flair. Just think about it. Think about upping your flair. <laughs> See, the thing is, the person with the most flair is probably going to be the party leader. It's possible because, I mean, it, it yes and no because the the intent of flair, the first line or the first part of the sentence is draws attention to you. Well, and that's a so good question. The, the party do we, leader doesn't necessarily draw no, but, attention to but themselves. But that's a perfectly fine question. If we end up yeah. as a party going out... No, no, you deal, will end up as a party. ...to deal with stuff. Otherwise, who, we're doing it wrong. Who's going to... Who yeah. Or who do we want to be the It's all first? done by committee. We just, it can be. Yeah, it we take it be. in turns to yeah. act as a committee. Yeah. Yeah. 
doesn't have to be like there. The leader I, always calling the shots, you know. I mean, I'm totally guy. fine with that. I don't. But if we want, if someone wants to be the realistically, as we get into every situation, somebody's going to step up. We or, know yeah, that. Right. That's just it's the way it's going to work. But when it comes to that, right? it really be sober, though. every one yeah. of these is going to depend on the situation. So say you want well, to get in there. My guy, if, if I'm a Cleveland in the upstate and I've got $100 million in my bank account, I don't want to have flair. Mm-hmm. But like as a practical matter, I probably kind of do. Like Bruce Wayne is, is not a showman. Yeah. yeah he's but he's still, well, when he walks in a room, everyone's like, he's Everyone Bruce Wayne. still recognizes but him. He exactly. does but that's that, not flair. He that's does it flair. on purpose, though. He brings attention to himself to draw attention away from Batman. That's on purpose. I, I consider that flair. He brings attention to the millionaire playboy. I think you should, maybe you should step yeah. up your, your uh, priest and make him flair. Uh, well, you can do, yeah, because, you know, yeah. I don't want to. But I see. You don't want to be that guy? Go back, go back to Bruce Wayne Batman. That's a combination to me of flair and intellect. He knows when to show the flair to show that Bruce Wayne's a millionaire playboy who couldn't possibly be well, the Well, JJ Knight. clearly does not want to be the party leader with his character, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Now, let me. I think Buffy should have a little more flair. I'm so fine with being a leader. Let me, let me go back to the point I was saying again. <laughs> approach. It's called approach. <laughs> it is approach. So say I'm the situation uh, requires chill. for someone to arm wrestle someone else. Well, someone in the party is going to convince the guys that our strongest, guy, our strongest person should arm wrestle them. And then the strongest person is going to use their approach of uh, force to do the arm wrestle. All right, so I think for this campaign, because J.J. and Mickey love the Dresden Files, and they yep. want to play Dresden Files, and they have awesome characters. Oh, snap. And I am too aggressive as a personality generally, and I talk too much, that Mickey should have pluses on Flair, and she should be the de facto party leader. Do you does um, Buffy what's her name want Maura. to draw Maura attention to herself? I well okay because Flair specifically says draw attention to you. The you way don't I have to, we got zeros on Flair, depends how you like, draw attention. The way to yourself, I did right? it was um, force is the highest, then focus and intellect, then Flair haste with guile the lowest. So I could see... If we had to go in and deal with a banker, if, like if we had to go in, I'm just making something up, we have to go in and deal with some banker who's supporting the real estate developers and we want to intimidate them, like who's going to take the lead in that interaction with this party? Well, intimidation right, is different. Than all right, so let me throw this out there. Depending on what you're doing, are you going to try and deceive them in any way? In yeah. which well, case, it's guile. Right. Flair has nothing to do with or it. Or force, you're trying to like really, you know... Yeah. It's the arm. approach. What approach right, so do we just want to go pure committee, arm, Just make your character the way you want to make it, and we'll, it'll all work out. Or yes. do we? Yeah. When I thought Flair, <laughs> when I thought Flair <laughs> with Mickey's character for Mora, <laughs> when I was thinking Flair, the idea for me was the whole. When I've seen a few episodes of Buffy, I've watched. I think most of the first season. She doesn't uh, kill the any. Worst season. It's the worst. Literally hold, the worst season. Hold please. She doesn't kill anything unless she can cartwheel into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's flair. <laughs> that's flair. Right. Yeah. It, literally, that's flair. It's very shitty. Yeah. It's look at me. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> that's that's flair, and that's why I was thinking of it from that perspective. All right. So we're just gonna each make our characters, and what happens happens. Yes. yes. So let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. I would just like to I'll note for the, the record that I offered everyone the chance to talk way more than me yeah. and to be the party leader. In doing oh, I, like I said, I'm fine with being the leader, but I don't, Flair's not his thing. Because I, I don't want to draw attention to myself. No, he's the one that's going to so have the quiet conversation. might lead by force or by something else. Exactly. No, or just, or he's going to have the just quiet being stern and curt about things. Guy. Just like, get it, let's get it done. No, if you're going to be, I'm not I, like, I I'm not having these rousing speeches of you know, not pulling a Braveheart moment out. So, so Chris, if you want to be stern, that's fine. But if you want to be curt, then you're going to have to talk yeah, too yeah. much. <laughs> Can't be that. I mean, I do, I do talk a short lot. short to the point. <laughs> Interesting that you chose the name that doesn't mean what you are. <laughs> Me? Yeah, he chose it. You chose it. You could have been what, Jamie? I am Jamie. Yeah, but you chose Kurt, <laughs> and you're life? not Kurt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was waiting for it to sink <laughs> in, and it did. Correct. All right. So Gears let's do our let's spinning. do our stats. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk. Let's talk left. a little about that. Who has? Um, uh, JJ mentioned his already. So like JJ, to- tell us what that means when your character ha- has those stats. How how is his approach to normal situations? So let's you know think about it from when there's a volatile situation, when there's a calm. So there's a volatile whatever, situation. Right. The first thing he would do is turn on his third eye to determine intent. Okay. <laughs> um, that's going to be something that's going to be happening um, quite often. 
And the reason I make sure that that seems important is in the books, that is something that Dresden dreads yeah. doing. He does not like the third eye. He recognizes its usefulness, but does not like to utilize it. Whereas I'm going to play my character as almost an addict of that, of you know, knowing knowing more than what can usually be determined from the naked eye. Okay. Um, so with that in mind, and with the soul gaze, and I was able to determine that both those things are focus uh, related, I wanted to make sure I was good at both of those things. Okay. So that is why I chose focus. But it also works out that I wanted to be no nonsense. So the zero and flare kind of works out. And then... As a spellcaster, I'm going to need force and intellect. Okay. And guy on haste are the only ones left, so that's why I took that approach. Okay. And uh, the guardian, um, that what, build what, uh, build out or yeah. whatever you call it, um, it just worked out well. What page was the build out on? Ninety four. There you go. Yeah, the description of the approaches is one hundred and ninety four has the beginning. Then. So you're comfortable with your build out. Mickey, you're comfortable with your build-out? Yes. Then what does it mean for Mora? With Mora, I selected Force as her highest at plus three, then Focus and Intellect at plus two, with Haste Flare plus one and Guile at zero. The way I picture her is, you know, if something goes down, something goes bump in the night, she's going to go out guns blazing first because she knows knows that these things don't play around, right? So you strike first, you strike hard. And then the focused and, and intellect come into play because she does do a lot of um, rituals, you know, because sometimes you do need to, to do that, invoke mm-hmm. either magical beings, etc. so she needs a bit of that. Flare and haste in that, you know, sometimes you do need to yeah, take the lead. Move take with alacrity as well. Move with alacrity. And then you dropped Guile because she's no nonsense. No nonsense. Right. So you did not track a particular build from the page 94. You just did what made sense. Yeah. Well. All right. Chris, why don't you go? Because I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. I put uh, <laughs> Force as nice. the highest one because I want. He, yeah, he wants to be that hand of God. You know, he that fist of God. Just, yeah, so he you, wants to wrestle so a troll. So you and Buffy are going to have to argue about who gets to kill the thing first. Yeah, kind of. Okay. And then my next two are uh, focus and haste. Twice. And haste because you know I want that speed. I want to get that shot off first. I want to yep. you know get in there. Uh, focus. I want to stay on mission. You know I, I'm trying to get to. Uh, I want to see if I could find a like a fix myself so I'm not like this you know cursed soul anymore. You know so I want mm-hmm. I need to stay on mission. And then I have a one in intellect and guile. Intellect uh, just to get you know I don't, I don't want to be the dumb guy. He's you know, he's supposed to be a, a community leader sup- supposedly. You know. And Guile, I still have to hide what I really am to yeah. people, so I still have to have a little bit of that deceit going on. And especially when I'm kind of feeding off my parishioners, you know, I'm, I'm using them. Yeah, so you've got to be able to talk your way Yeah, so I'm using them so, to, like, you know, kind of feed that hunger, I, that curse I have, but not to go all the way and become what I don't want to become. And then Flare, because I don't want to really draw attention to myself at all. So your plus zero is Flare? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to ask. What do you me, think, Kurt? Well, I'm going to ask you all to help me build my stats because I have no idea. So let uh, let me start because I don't I don't have an input. I don't have a character. So let me throw what, a little bit out there. Um, what's your mantle? I mean, what's what, your what you've de- and that's what I'm yeah. going to go at. What you've described so far, I'm thinking overall that you're going to have. Um, f- um, I wanted to say the word focus, but focus is an approach. You're going to, to concentrate on probably focus and intellect because that sounds like things that make sense to your character. You're going to want to, um, the, the whole lining up a shot, the, the archery, the marksmanship, marksmanship, whatever you like, that's focus. And then intellect is um, solving of complex problems, uh, accounting for numerous, numerous variables at once, uh, quick thinking. And based on the way you've described your character, it sounds like... The, as the rich guy who just wants to spend time in nature, you've probably had to talk your way into and out of that more than once, but not necessarily drawing attention to yourself, so it's not flair. And you're not necessarily misdirecting or deceiving, so it's not guile. So I'm thinking that's probably more intellect. So, so between those two, I would say one of them should be your plus three, based on what I've heard so far. 
And when you go to the mantle of Earl King's Huntmaster, Crazy Ninja Powers <laughs> says that you mark a box and gain a plus two uh, to guile. So you're able to, if, no. you, if you had a three in guile, you go to a plus five. And that which could is be based insane. off of the stealth piece as well, as a hunter. Exactly, as that a hunter, as a stalker. Guile is also your, you right. tracking something. Right, right. Right, so I was thinking focus and guile would be my top okay. two, with intellect being a, a, the next. Yeah. But well, you still need a top one. Only one gets a plus three. So you need a top one. Then you have a, what right. is it, so two at plus two, two at plus one. Forgetting about maxing my character. If I yeah. were just doing it, I would think plus three to focus, plus two to guile, and then I get another plus two. Yep. Is that right? Maybe intellect. Plus two to intellect. You get two plus ones and a zero. And then a plus one to... What do you think? Force and flare and a and a zero to haste. But I have I mean, I don't that know. That sounds fine. Um I I have a hard time thinking of a nature type druid type character that doesn't have haste. Yeah, that, that I shouldn't say doesn't have haste. Isn't quick. Right. Dexterous. I mean, you're going to get bit by a rattlesnake. Right, right, right. If you can't get out of the way. <laughs> the But that's me. I'm thinking of it that way. Now that that I mean, I'm haste, thinking of fact, maybe too literally. Haste would probably be more important than intellect to my character. But here's the deal: I may be thinking of it too literally. It could be your intellect that keeps you away from them, so you don't have to jump out of the way. Well, you're smart enough to know not to go where rattlesnakes are. He hunts with yeah. intellect, not force. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I guess the only question, based on what I maybe just your wrote force down would is, be zero. Make your force a zero. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, make my force zero. Exactly, and then switch. Haste to plus one. That sounds reasonable. And so then I've got plus three focus, plus two guile, which works socially and in the woods. Mm -hmm. Plus one flare, plus one haste, plus two intellect, plus zero force. Okay. I'm not a strong, which is fine because you guys are force. Yeah. Well, you have... um, I have a plus two. Yeah, he has a plus as well. Not the three, but he has a plus plus two. two. On On what? Force. 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 On force. Wow. So, so who has the highest flare? You. you plus do. one? I have a... Everyone else chose zero for flare. I have so my reluctant... Oh, no, she has a one. I'm sorry. My reluctant... Right. Yeah, okay. What's your zero right. in? Guile. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's okay, a straight so shooter. She's a monster hunter that doesn't bother hiding. Yeah. You are that's why you hit, them, you hit them first, you hit them hard, and you don't have to bother hiding. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That's a good point. I like it. They no. can't kill you if they're dead. They can't kill you. <laughs> Um, all right. I'm, I'm just looking a little in the book here, and we're going to talk a little That's bit about how these aspect. things work. That's your next aspect? They can't kill you if you're dead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're dead. So aspects, uh, that was just brought up. Let's talk about that a little. For those who um, have the um, PDF or the pages in front of you, page 106 starts talking about the aspects, which are the fulcrum of fate. Um, so aspects. They are things that define a certain uh, place, character, situation that can be used to your advantage or disadvantage. And for our characters, we talked about some of them already. Um, If you look on page 106, um, Chris, are you on that page? Yep. Can you read some of those examples, Uh, the five stars at the top? A room is given the Blazing Inferno aspect after Harry Dresden uses his Fuego spell imprudently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thomas Wraith inflicts the Intense Lust aspect on a target before feeding on them. Sounds like something Kurt would pull off. (laughs) A comfortable family home is protected by the Strong Threshold aspect. The Archive is mandated to have the Neutrality aspect. Chicago has the aspect of the Windy City. So when you hear those... They go along with it, the, like the first example where Harry Dresden's just shooting fire. Well, the room is now in a, a blazing inferno. And what that means is that it has an aspect now that people can use. So you can say, because the room's a blazing inferno, um, there's plenty of smoke and I'm obscured. And you use that to your advantage. And at the same time, I can say, because the room's a blazing inferno, it's too hot for you to perform any actions now. And you've got to find a way to either deal with that or get out. Right. So th- that's what an aspect means. Same thing on your character. So when you start thinking about that, as we get to different scenarios, different situations, different scenes, different places, 
there will be aspects on them as we start, and then you can also invoke aspects or even cause them. Cast your own fireball, and now the place can be a blazing inferno. Or it can, we can put an aspect like, you know, too hot to stay or too hot to handle, something right. like that. So at the bottom of 106, yeah. Joe, it says character aspects rarely change, yeah. save as a result of significant life events or milestones in character development. Yeah. I like the examples because I think these are helpful to think about aspects. On the run from the Order of the Blackened Daenerys. Would be me. Or pedantic <laughs> trivia junkie. Mm-hmm. Or this might be for JJ to serve and protect. I or, thought you meant the trivia junkie. <laughs> <laughs> or not to be trusted. Yeah. You skip Polka will never Polka die. Will never die. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that, it needs that to. one where that one through. Uh. But, you know, like, if you have a character that you want to play as shifty and shady, like, one of your aspects should be not to be trusted. Because you can use that as, you can invoke that for yourself, and you as a GM can invoke that against us. Well, yeah, like, I put down protect the flock. It doesn't have have to be my permissioners. It could be anybody I'm connected to that I want to protect them because that's my thing. But, but he could no, screw you. Could, he well, could screw you because yeah, I'm going to throw myself you know, in the harm's way. All the where way. I would counter your example a little bit is if I have shifty and shady already there, then I'm going to use that to say because you're shifty and shady, this guy doesn't trust you. I don't need a not to be trusted. Right, that's right. part of being yeah. shifty and shady. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't need to get that specific unless it means something. Yeah. In this case, if you already have this um, this aspect of I'm shifty and shady then clearly you're going to... The, the bad part of that for me means already you can't be trusted. Uh, maybe I can buy you off onto my side. You know, there are things like that that there, just flow with it that you may not need to be as specific. And this is not me, this is me yeah. not understanding fate, but like, let's say Mickey has not to be trusted or shifting shady as an yeah. aspect. And she gets into a cocktail party and she's talking with someone and it's a key moment. Mm-hmm. Don't you... And again, I may be totally wrong on this, but as a GM, say, I'm going to offer you a fate point as a compel where he doesn't believe you because you're shifting shady. Yep. And she can take that as a complication yes. yep. and get the fate point. Or she can say, no, 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 no. I want to be trusted in this case. You keep the fate point. Yep. That's one no, way no, to she ha- Then she has to give or, a fate or point. Or she has to pay to make it right. go away. Yes. So in that case, like not to be trusted I, is a good aspect because you can play it. But the yeah. same as Shifty and Shady. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't get as granular as saying not to be trusted. Right, right, right. That's yeah. all. Um, I, I leave it generic so but that it can be used as uh, more good options or more like bad Like I'm trying options. to think now. So my, as- my third aspect was I can dress up well, but I don't like to. Yeah. So I'm like, is that a – I'm just thinking to myself, is that a good aspect? Can I play that both ways? Mm-hmm. And I might – I think I can because it, there may be a function where – Well, I'm I, thinking too that – Say I want to call that out as a bad thing, and you're out of function. Right. Well, you happen to wear boat shoes where you should have worn wingtips, and I can call that out against you, and you wouldn't fit in. You'd start to draw attention, and that might be a bad yeah. thing. Or you're uncomfortable. In which case, you yeah. have to lose a fate point for that not to happen. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I'd say, no, 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 I would never wear boat shoes ever. I'd wear patent yeah. leather, yeah. but That's I'm super it. uncomfortable, and they notice that, and yeah. therefore something happens. Yeah. Yeah, so it, that's when, when you were saying it. I found that as something we could twist either way. Okay. Because that also means that when you need to, you'll be able to fit the situation for the right. upscale. But I might have to pay a fate point to make it work. By default, it'll just work. But it's when you want to actually change a bit of the story or add to a die roll or something, that's when you need the fate point. But like, I'm just, again, just talking through the, how this works. So my character yeah. is at a high-end cocktail party or charity yeah. function. And getting there and getting dressed right, you can do. I can do that, no problem. But like, so let's say I go and I talk to one of the real estate developers yeah. who is going to be very classy and doesn't even have to think about this. If I want to get something from that person, maybe you say... Sorry. Well, it, you it would start, it would start as point. an approach. You want to go in and convince him of something. Right. So how do you approach that? So what maybe what approach are you going to use? Yeah, and, and then I see what I'm going to use as a counter to that because every role is opposed by something. Even if it's a DC, there's a, there's a target to hit. Most um, conflicts and um, interactions like that will be an opposed role. So that will be what you're targeting. A normal thing like an investigation. It might be a, a, a level of good. So you've got to get a, a plus two to get that, whatever it may be. Um, and I may have just said that wrong. Good is plus three. Uh, so you, you may have a static number, or you may have a dynamic number, depending on an opposed role. But that's where you would start that. However, when you bring in the aspect is when you say, because 
I dress particularly well for this party based on this aspect, I should be able to use a fate point to then get a plus two. Oh, yeah. right? So you don't just say, well, I'm going to use a fate point, blah, blah, blah. You're going to use a point to get an advantage of some type, what have you. Or maybe you could say, it appears that you did not press your tuxedo. Uh, yeah, and, and that's so if I want to use it against you. to her husband, right. unless you spend a fate point. And that, you might say, well, I'm going to walk up to the guy who's in charge here. And at that point, I say, oh, cool. I'm going to try and catch Kurt's character out on this. As you're walking up, you realize that your, your suit coat isn't uh, pressed properly. And if you keep going a little further, he's going to notice that. And here's a fate point if you want to let that happen. And you say, no, I don't want to let that happen. You have to give me a fate point to counter it. Okay. In which case, you are indeed uh, properly pressed and you approach the way you want to. So what so if I'm not properly pressed, but I come up with an excuse for why I'm not properly pressed? Then that's, you're giving me a fate point to, to negate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the good as- aspects I've seen that I kind of like, and uh, I stay bought. Is I one stay what? I stay bought. B-O-U-G-H-D? I stay bought. So once someone buys me, they have my loyalty. Okay. No one else. Like, so it, within that shifty and shady thing, uh, you, could, you could, instead of saying that you're mercurial, you're I stay bought. There's honor amongst thieves. You know, or um, another one I like is uh, paranoid. I call it being prepared. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Preparanoid. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, if you want it, you can scroll through. Just get ideas. So we're talking about some of this now. We've gotten our approaches out of the way. We're going to move on to page 95, which is calculating refresh. Your refresh determines your minimum number of fate points Poorly received at the start of each game session. Now, for us in the shed, we're going to determine what that means as we actually get started playing. A game session, of course, normally means you're sitting down for a few hours playing. And in that case, it's when you start, you'll get a fate point refresh and get your points back. In our case, because we typically do an hour at a time, we're just going to judge how that works. What I'd like to think is, based on the regular Dresden Files role-playing game, it'll be more like a scene or a situation. Once you get past this thing, then you ought to be able to get some sort of refresh, and we'll determine how that works as we go. But um, you need to determine what you have uh, to start with. So everyone started with a refresh of three, which was something that was part of the character creation. And then we're going to find out, I think some point here, if it might be lower because of what we've chosen. What we're going to do next, though, is at the bottom of 95, choosing a stunt. So everyone got core stunts. And then in addition to that, within your mantle, um, you get one additional. You, right? get, you get to choose one additional stunt. And we're going to go through and choose one of those and talk about why we chose it. Um, who wants to get started on that? Did anyone already have one they chose, I guess? For yeah, that I do. All right, JJ. So um, in order to get to Warden with the Silver Sword, okay. I had to buy White Council Membership, which is the one I got for free, and then the Warden, and then the Silver Sword. Okay. So um, what was the stunt then? The, the new one, I'm sorry, the one that you chose. The, uh, the, the White Council Membership. Then okay. to Warden, then to Silver Sword, okay. which leaves me with one refresh. Okay. How many can we take? To, to create your character, you had your core stunts, and then you pick one more yeah. out of the optional ones. Yeah, you get all core stunts you and one additional. You can get more than that. Yeah. But, but you Going by refresh. the book right now, we're doing, uh, choosing one more. And then, um, yeah, so at the bottom of of 95, it says, your character automatically receives all core stunts associated with their mantle. In addition, you may choose one additional. In addition, you may choose one additional. It didn't need to, yeah, anyway. (laughs) From what is available to their mantle or one you've created yourself, per the rules in Chapter 8, which we didn't do, so we're going to stick with what's there for now. We'll pick from the menu, and uh, later on, we'll create our own entrees. Okay. Um, and that's what we're doing next. So we've got what JJ's was to uh, either Chris or Mickey. Have you decided yet? Well, I'm unsure because I'm kind of. So which ones sound good? Yeah, well, I'm kind of go- because I got the dual class thing kind of yeah, going yeah. here. I What's don't more p- interesting, the Knight of the Crossed options, uh, cross options or the White Court Vampire well, I kind of, I, I probably should get, because, you know, 
for the for the white court virgin, your your core stunts are just the mortal stunts. Okay. So I might just leave those out completely and just go Knight of the Cross core stunts, and then for the additional, just do an additional on the white court, which would give me more of that vampiric uh, presence, and uh, okay. use one of those like either physique toughness or recovery. So. Okay. So what is more appealing to you at this time? I think I'm going to go for the uh, one of the one of the three vampiric stunts. Okay. So what I'm thinking is, you know, we, for we, the additional, anyway. when we start talking about party balance, one of the things we are, that is very stereotypical in tabletop role playing games is you got your tank, your magic user, your healer, and one other, typically uh, like a ranged fighter of some type. And from what I've heard so far in this game, nobody is really a healer. And if you have some kind of self-regeneration, that might be a benefit. Yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm saying it's needed, because to be honest, I don't know yet if it's needed. Right, yeah. The way the, the fate system works is you're just, you're pretty much, you're never going to die. You're just yeah. going to be taken out of a situation. But if sure. the self-regeneration helps you, I don't know, get rid of a condition, that could be a big plus. It does, yeah. yeah. Do, or I could do... See, Vampiric Toughness gives you the uh, two shifts from a physical attack. So mm. it's almost like you're know, not taking the damage. So avoiding it. Yeah. Right. And the physique will give you like the, the bonus on, I guess, uh, brute for, you know, strength or something, or speed. Okay. Mickey, what are you looking at under Monster Hunter? So additional stunts under Monster, Monster Hunter are Nemesis and its brood. The prey game, Off the Grid, and Slayer. So with nem- Nemesis, you basically... You choose one specific creature that is your nemesis. Then within its brood, you can mark the survivors, offsprings, or helpers of a marked quarry. That's interesting because that, that almost makes it sound generational. And yeah. you're a generational hunter. So, so like, kinda, and your little dog too? Yeah, yeah. Then with the prey game, you've learned a great way to take advantage against the monsters to pretend vulnerability. So that allows you to lure in, lure in whatever your... Lure. Lure. Whatever. You know that word. Yes, I do. Then off the grid, I can easily get out of a sticky situation, no permanent home or identity. So Mm -hmm. that kind of fits with a hunter. Multiple identities, being able to get in and out of a town. Yeah, that that, that makes sense too. And then there's Slayer. Slayer, which of course sounds awesome. Declare to have a level of scale against a supernatural opponent but must choose only one type of action. So what I was torn th- between was the prey game and off the grid. Because I think they would both fit with how this character is shaping in my mind. Okay. Um, the prey game makes sense because as a female hunter, she would need to, that cunning extra advantage to take down okay. some really powerful You're beings. Manipulating expectations. Yeah. And then off the grid also fits with kind of the backstory I have for her being able to go in and out throughout the, the United States, primarily East Coast, mm-hmm. and not and get herself out of sticky situations easily. So Interesting. Okay. Think okay. from the perspective that we will be starting really in one area and uh, mainly tackling specific things, which is more interesting to get started? The prey game. I think that's what I'm going to go with. And um, one thing we said off the air before we clicked record on this one, uh, Kurt was talking about committing to certain things and not being able to change. And I brought up something that I've said on just about every game we start. And it's true here as well. If you decide within the first few sessions, or really any time during the game, but specifically in the first few sessions, that there's something about your character you don't really like and you think something else would be better then we find a way to make that happen. So if, for example, on this one, the Slayer would have been the better option or Nemesis would have been a better option, we'll change that. There's no harm in that whatsoever. We just make the, make the character fit your concept rather than you forced to play a character that doesn't fit what you wanted to do. So we'll definitely accommodate that way. Kurt, um, we're down to you now for picking the extra stunt. Although so, I don't know Chris had actually decided. We talked about a few. My additional, I'm going to go for the recovery. The vampiric yeah. recovery will okay. be the additional. So I'm a little confused. I'm in Old King's Huntmaster, and I've got my unique conditions and my stunts from there. And then it Well, you says, have core stunts. You have core stunts. You, you can get, get those. those. And then get un- those. other stunts, for it's now, like, you're picking one out of there. Just one? 
additional uh, we're going again going by the book <laughs> on page 95 you automatically receive all core in addition you may choose one stunt from what's available to your mantle unless you want to allow me one for me it's your call yeah. though We'll we'll talk about more stunts, <laughs> right, right. Right. but so for now we'll pick we'll do by the book and pick yeah. the one. So yeah. under my mantle, additional yeah. stunts as with GM approval, I may select stunts from the general fay list on page yeah. one fifty eight. Mm-hmm. Mark one box of wild power to use any face stunt. So mm-hmm. wild power is one of my core stunts. Your unique conditions yeah. or my unique conditions rather. Yes, yeah, right. Um, and so then I guess if I jump, so I just get to pick one fay. Stunts is that if you're if you're choosing the first thing, but then there are other stunts after that first one. So essentially, what it's saying is, you these are the stunts that uh, the ones underneath. So glamour hunter's guide, wild hunt, second stringer, cloak of shadows, ghostbane. Those fit the theme of being the Earl King's hunt master. Right, Mm -hmm. but you're not limited to those. You can also choose from the Fey list. Oh, okay, okay. Now, it may not make sense for you to pick from the Fey list because you're choosing to be human. Right. So, okay, I, I get it. So, I can pick from the additional stunts listed here or I can go to the Fey list. Yes. Yeah. But I, to start, you pick one out of that full list of options. Okay, so again, I would defer to the group here. Uh, my inclination is that I could have a ton of fun uh, with Glamour. Mm-hmm. Um. Does that fit your character you, that you wanted to have no flair for, though? Well, that's a good point. Because glamour is one thing, but when you say ton of fun with glamour, that... Well, glamour is more like disguise, like, right? Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, actually, probably But not. You've, got, yeah. you've got some but of that like, I don't know, does Hunter's Guide, is that going to be very applicable to our campaign? You advise those who pursue outsiders should any pass beyond the outer gates. I don't even know what that means. I would say no, I don't anticipate outsiders anytime soon. Right. Outsiders means... End of world. End of the world. Right. Yeah. It, it is like we have a universe and we know what's in it, including the never-never and crap like that. And then there's outside of that. Right. And don't mess with that. Ever. Right. Ever. Right. So not helpful. <laughs> yes. So then I have Wild Hunt second stringer. Any failed attempt to summon the Wild Hunt claims my immediate attention. It, I mean, doesn't seem... S- it's a specific Dresden verse thing, right. which isn't going to approach isn't going to approach our campaign for several sessions. Right. So then I get cloak of shadows, which I would need to look up on page one fifty nine. Which okay. so you can see perfectly in the dark and are immune to any potential effect of normal or magical darkness. Additionally, once per session, you may declare that you automatically succeed at hiding from any non magical attempt to see you. Provided you have a nearby shadow to hide within. You have a cloak of shadows. <laughs> that could be okay. pretty useful. Pretty cool. That could be useful. And yeah. there's a, a, it looks like an upgrade, Ghostbane, which yep. requires Ghost Ghost Bane, of uh, which requires Ghost of Shadows. You ignore the incorporeality of insubstantial creatures and affect them as if they were physical. So you are a ghost killer. Right. You're a ghost rider. And then my last one would be Slayer of dot, dot, dot. I have one of three benefits. It can a specific type of creature. Basically, I get to pick a type of creature and have an... Ad- Bonus to attack, defend, and create advantage against them. So I could say, like, I'm a slayer of vampires. I'm a slayer of ghosts. I'm a slayer of humanoids. Werewolves. Cloak of Shadows fits your character as described so far. It does. The okay. ability to conceal yourself where needed. Um, because glamour, say you screw right. up at the dinner party. Right. As long as there's a shadow in the corner, I'm out. You disappear. Right. Or if I'm hunting something and it yeah. goes bad, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I agree. Cloak so of Shadows. Just say, just just for you know completion. Glamour is. You cast minor veils and seemings. With a moment of concentration, you may draw a veil over something roughly person-sized, hiding it from sight and other means of detection. Or you may cause a person or object to appear differently than it normally does. An observer may attempt to discern the illusion, but to do so, they must have some legitimate suspicion that what they are seeing is a glamour. You use intellect to resist any disbelief attempt. Remember your um, one shot where you did the spiders and bugs right, and right, stuff? Right. Come that that was essentially glamour. I'm gonna go with Cloak of Shadows to start. Yeah. I think it fits your character as described so far because you're not particularly deceitful, which is what I think of glamour as. You're right. specifically hiding the identity of a thing, right. whereas with the Cloak of Shadows, you're hiding yourself. You're trying they all to sound disappear. Fun, but, right. Cool. And maybe as I become more enmeshed with the Fae through the Earl King or whatever his name is, I'll get into the uh, get into Yeah, you the probably shouldn't stuff. say that to him. <laughs> as I get more immersed with him? Yeah. 
Yeah, don't 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 say whatever you are or your name is. Oh, yeah, that's your liege. <laughs> that's your liege. Um, all right, so let's now take a look at. We're going to page ninety six now. We're this is one where I've read it a couple of times, so somebody else helped me out with this. I think I understand it, but let's get it, try and get it right on our character sheets while we're finishing up this episode. Um, so it's recording stress and conditions. Each character has six, six stress boxes, and you can find that in the lower left of your sheet. And that's to mark specific amount of physical and mental duress you um, can endure. Now, if you remember when we played the regular RPG, there was physical, mental, and something else. There were three stress tracks. There's one now, another piece of the accelerated simplified system. Um, Then you also receive a number of conditions representing injuries, mental trauma, and persistent effects from your mantle or other sources. So here's where I'm... This is the part that was kind of confusing me. It says you have those. Now, for example, I know, Kurt, your mantle had specific conditions in it. But where do you put that on your character sheet? I was kind of confused in that. Under conditions? So underneath the indebted part, um, yeah. he would say he would write down wild power, and then he has those five boxes. But that's not, an, that's not indebted. You're talking about the blank spots. The blank spots. All right, all right, yeah. All right, yeah. So that kind of uh, makes sense then. Gotcha. All right. Um, so anybody that has those, based on your mantle, if you have conditions, uh, you want to write those in there. And the reason that imperil, doomed, and indebted are there is, uh, according to the book at least, they are ascribed by default to each character in addition to all unique conditions associated with the mantle. Uh, and then on your character sheet, besides each condition... Uh, I'm sorry, place a box or boxes per the description beside each condition which you can mark off when the condition is in effect. And going back to Kurt's one, I remember, because this is one I looked at, I actually looked at the page. One of your conditions, I think, was one box, one was five boxes, and one was something else. So make sure you have the right amount of boxes marked off um, for that. Um, and then, all right, so we're doing that part now. Uh, if you... If we can, let's see if we can figure that out and make sure the character sheets reflect it. Who has conditions that have boxes? So I have exhausted okay. and burned out as conditions I can mark. Okay. Is that yours, Mickey, um, in pursuit? I don't know. So in pursuit is a unique condition under Monster Hunter, and it says one, one box. box. Oh, okay. So it's either right. in pursuit and wounded. Yeah, and but wounded, wounded doesn't, uh, has four? Is that what it means? Yep. So she has okay. only four boxes out of those. Okay. So for unique conditions, um, you would write on your sheet on one of them, in pursuit, and cross off four of the boxes, I guess, because you only have one. You just have to mark it off by one box. It's an indication of that it is in effect. Okay. So, so it's I an on-off switch. I have wild power. Yeah. Which is five boxes. Mm-hmm. I mark one of the conditions five boxes to access my mantle's powers as detailed in my stunts, blah, blah, blah. So, for example, if I use faster, stronger, tougher, it says mark a box of wild power to add plus one. If I use mm-hmm. crazy ninja powers, it says mark a box of wild power to gain plus two. Yep. My question is, I have something called dis- disfavored. It says you must mark this condition when you have violated an order of the Earl King or otherwise fallen out of his favor until your atonement, you're prohibited from accessing the mental stunts and conditions. So I think that is, I put disfavored and I just have one box yep. of that. So yeah, it's, it's, either, on off it's either you're disfavored yeah. or you're not. Yeah. Right, so it's not on. Yeah. So it's just this. Yeah. All right, got it. All right. To atone, uh, I must rectify the violation somehow in the manner that the GM prescribes. Yes. I've been a bad man, GM. And let's uh, tell you how you can be. So kind of have, I have something you similar called Crisis of Faith for my Because you want mm. one unmarked uh, box. Okay, since I'm doing both, yeah. do I get all the conditions and all the additional for, stunts, or should I just do? Because I'm the. Let's put okay. it this way: and right now on your sheet, you have spots for three conditions to write in. Right. So if you have more than three, skip one. Right. Okay. So just because we don't want to write extra stuff for now. Right. And we can review that. Yeah, for the white court vampire because. Well, there you go. I guess it's more over the uh, what's it called? White court virgin. The yeah, virgin. Hey, <laughs> virgin. Well, I have vampire heritage is always checked, but it's kind of it's kind of I, I don't have it. I have it, but I don't have it because I can't really. Okay. 
I don't know, use it. So I guess I'd, I would put down the hunger because that's the one that's going to kind of screw the okay. guy over. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that, based on the way you've described your character, yeah, be, should affect yeah, him. Right. Yeah. So now I realize people may still be writing a little here, but let's just jump to the next spot, which is optional steps. So at this stage, you can define one or two more aspects that further define your character. Now that you know a bit more about your character, you can come up with a couple of more aspects if you like. And or buy up to two additional stunts. Um, you may create stunts from scratch, which I think, again, we're going to skip for now. We're just going to order off the menu. Um, and you may also select stunts. Um, uh, so you should be selecting stunts <laughs> from your character's mantle. Each additional stunt you choose reduces your uh, refresh by one. But you're like... Yeah, creating a stunt. When I was reading the other Fate Core book, yeah. one of them might be something like, and this might be appropriate for my character as the hunter fisher. Um, when I focus, I never miss. Once yeah. per session, when I make a shot, or it's like a headshot. As the fisher, you could be the masturbator. Yeah. Or s- <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm not necessarily going to use that, but it could be yeah. if you think about something for your character that like. Basically, once per hour or once per yeah. session, I want to be able to do something special and know it's going to succeed. I think that's the idea. And what I would encourage is definitely try and come up with your own stunt, especially for something that you think really fits the character that you start to learn that, that it is. Uh, but just look at the way the book describes how to create a stunt, make sure it fits the guidelines, and then go for it. As long as you have any refresh points... You can add a stunt and reduce your refresh by one. Like I would think one of mine, if I wanted it to be, could be I'm never the first one seen or Mm -hmm. because of my camouflage, my rangery kind of. Yeah. But then you need the verbiage and game mechanics that go around that. Right. And that's for me, that would be the trickiest part of creating a stunt is you're going to write something that fits along the lines of the stunts you've already seen. Right. uh, The wild magic, the crazy ass ninja moves. Which is probably a cooler name for the stunt. Crazy-ass ninja moves. Uh, so if you want to come up with an extra aspect or two, and or buy up to two additional stunts. So the way they start character creation, by the way, is no matter what you've done, you should have at least one refresh point. Essentially one, one refresh, which is one fate point every time we do a refresh. Uh, clearly they don't want you to start at zero. Now I haven't seen anything that says you can't have zero. But that might be a, a detriment to um, to playing when you first start, because then you can't actually use a fate point until one. It says your character's you. refresh can never be allowed to go below one. Where'd you see that? Page ninety-five. Nice. Okay, so I'm on ninety-six. That's why I missed it. Good job, Mickey. Yay! It's you, rules lawyer. So, so we've got most of the core for our characters. Yeah. We have a week before we play again. Yeah. If we find yeah. something that we like. As we have time to look at this a lot better, we can presumably yeah. change it. In my case, I've got two aspects left that I can create or stunts that I can buy. I'm going to hold off because so, I don't know what I want to do yet. So we're going to wrap this one up with just a quick quick preview of what should be coming next. Our next um, hour that the, our listeners here should be us kicking off our first adventure, which is, again, it is a one-shot that I've already prepare, prepared with a clear mission and clear ending. And once we go through that, we'll learn a little bit more of what our characters are capable of. And at that point, we'll talk about character modification and see if anybody wants to tweak it as we start to introduce the campaign world that we have already started creating. So I think at this point, we're going to say our character creation is done and we will flesh them out in gameplay. Sounds However, good. if anybody, to your point, Kurt, if anybody reads the book or the information in between, which I think to date has never happened... Um, if that does happen and you want to make a change before we start, make that change and be ready to start with it. That way we don't need to, to um, talk a lot more about characters before we click the go button on our, our actual adventure. But right. with that, let's... Um, so we went from absolutely buttfuck nothing yeah. to a world and yes. four characters in two or three hours. I've never heard nothing described in that way before. Buttfuck nothing. Nothing, yes. I roll. Is BFN? Is BFN? Um, so the other thing I do want to do as part of our first session, part of our first adventure is I will be asking some questions like we did on the one shot. Okay. They won't be the same questions, but what it will be is building us into the first adventure questions like, 
um, I'll have a question similar to like two of you are here on purpose. The other two came along for some reason. What's that reason? Right, uh, things like that, and we'll yeah. bring those pieces together because we have a little bit of a link of uh, how the characters know each other in some way or another. But when we start our first adventure, the four are actually going to be doing something together, and we will bring into light why they are there and doing that thing. And that's how we'll beginning be beginning. That's how we will begin. Our yeah, I need first to get a better adventure. link from my character to the other characters. Yeah, and we can come up with all that as we get started. In the meantime, we hope, sincerely hope, that you have enjoyed listening to three hours, approximately, of how we actually get started from zero to ready to go in a new role-playing game system, Dresden Files Accelerated. Anybody Whee. want to add anything? No, it's been, it's been fun, and I like this, this method of like the collaboration. world creation. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I, idea that we know something about the characters before day one of adventure. And if you're in Europe just using us as English practice, we're glad that you're listening. <laughs> it's nice. Nice. Chris, what do you want to add? Nothing. That's it. That, that's it? Yeah. Go ahead, Mickey. Something insightful. There's nothing to add that would increase the ingenuity <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. I will click the sub button and we can all say... Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Mes amis. Paca. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.